Welcome to episode 30 of the Ministry at Scale podcast, where we share tips and trends from industry leaders to help you multiply digital impact. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually talking with one of our ministry partners, Gordon Marcy. Here's what I'd like you to do right now, if you're able to. Go to glorystoneapp.com and see the podcasting network app that his company has developed. This will give you much more perspective as he talks about his journey from traditional radio to digital podcasting. You know, when you think of 2.2 million podcasts, Chad, you know, how do you navigate through that? I mean, we want to be the captain of our own, you know, audio and video consumption, right? And on demand gives us that. But when you think of that many podcasts out there, there's a lot of garbage out there. And in fact, there's things that are dangerous. And one of the value propositions of a of a Christian enterprise, be it a radio station, church, or ministry, is the ability to be a trusted guide or a curator, you know, through that, you know, wild woolly west. Welcome to the Ministry of Scale podcast. Today, I've got Gordon Marcy with me. Gordon is the founder and president of Glorystone Podcasts. Uh, Gordon has a very long history in the radio industry, uh, working for many years with the, the United States' largest Christian radio network. Uh, but he was a visionary in that he saw the shift to digital coming. And so he shifted his fo fo focus from radio to podcasts. And in the process, he's built the first on-demand Christian podcasting network platform built specifically for radio stations. And, and just full disclosure, we at 5Q, we've had the privilege of working alongside Gordon to help create his latest um, rendition of his podcast app. So Gordon, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Chad. Thanks. Great to be here. So first, could you just walk us through your work experience? Well, for broadcasting, it started when I was 17, and I got into broadcasting. That was 10 years ago, work. right? <laughs> yeah, just, I just had a birthday last <laughs> few days ago, uh, and I've lost track. But uh, I got in the old-fashioned way. Uh, my dad bought two radio stations when I was a senior in high school. Hmm. And uh, as, uh, as an incentive to help me to move, because it was a few hours from my birth home and where I'd lived my whole life. He offered me a job at the radio station. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> that was clueless, but he did. I said, well, you know, I listened to the radio. I listened to music. This, this would have been in the, in the late 60s, early 70s. And so anyway, I made the move and took my first job at the radio station and away I went. So in how many years have you been working in Christian radio? And then what was it that you saw that you made your, you caused you to shift your focus to the digital side of things? Well, I spent the uh, first portion of my career in general market radio. Dad's, all dad's radio stations were general market, though he did help start one of the largest, now one of the largest Christian radio stations in the U.S., the KHCB radio network in Houston. And he actually found the FM frequency, which became the flagship for that whole enterprise uh, yeah. back in the 70s when, you, you know, you, you, 
couldn't give FMs away back then uh, before the popularity. And, and uh, he had the vision to uh, capitalize on this superpower FM for mm -hmm. the gospel. But the first part of my career was general market. And then in, uh, in 84, a mentor challenged me to think about Christian broadcasting to align my, at that time, growing faith uh, mm -hmm. with my work. And I really didn't know anything about Christian radio. Uh, I, knew, I, I knew a few Christian music artists, but just didn't have a, a concept. And so over the next three years, I explored the Christian radio industry and mm. got my first job in Christian radio in, uh, in 1985. And, uh, and then uh, have stayed, I was in Christian radio uh, up until uh, 2006, 20 years with Salem Media. And then kind of as God does, he put my finger in my back and invited me to come out and go into the next uh, season of, of life for, for us. Uh, and I'd hoped and prayed and dreamed that it would involve media, um, broadcasting, and my, and my interest, growing interest at that time in the digital world, but didn't know that it, that it would. Um, but I did a deep dive study uh, in 2007 of the data management platforms that Christian radio stations and ministries uh, were using, particularly from the ministry side uh, in concert with, with radio and their distribution of their programs on radio, how to, how to manage the, the, uh, the donors and mm -hmm. uh, develop relationships with the donors using, uh, using software platforms. And that was new to me. And so I dived into that world. That was my introduction to uh, hands-on for the first time, the, uh, the, the, uh, the digital world of, of communication, particularly as it related to the relationship between broadcast ministries and radio stations. So that, that's where I got the bug. Uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the experts that we brought on board during that study uh, said to me as, as we were ending that particular project, I said, software as a service. He said, go software as a service. I didn't really didn't know what software as a service was, but he said, it's the coming thing. Uh, and uh, so that, that led me to begin thinking and praying about software as a service and how we might use software as a service to uh, help meet our, come our passion, uh, mm -hmm. if you will, for serving especially small and medium-sized Christian broadcasters to enter the digital world. So it was that project of data management, which you well know about, uh, that, that uh, caused me to be, to, to really focus and, you know, laser-like on how to use digital technology to distribute both content uh, and, uh, and manage the data related to that content. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, really fascinating how so often we see God bringing us through situations like your, all of your experience that you had with, uh, with the radio station side on the general market, use that to, and use it a mentor to kind of encourage you to look at uh, using it for, I hesitate to say for kingdom purposes, everything we do, even in the marketplace is for kingdom purposes, but working specifically with, with the Christian side of things. And then taking that experience and, 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 and then about that time is when podcasts started to pop up. 
And so talk about that shift from CMS content management or, or CRMs to now actual like ministry content through podcasts and, and talk with us, with us about what that journey looked like. Well, we, we made the decision to start a company to capitalize on the knowledge that we had acquired between 2006 and 2011. Uh, and I have to be honest and say that where the really the burning drive to start the company um, was lit was coming across just as social media was starting to you know, sweep across the, mm-hmm. the, the planet. And, you know, I got my first taste of that back in, uh, you know, like 2009, 2010. I came across a ministry called Global Media Outreach. Mm. And uh, they, at the time, were and still are one of the largest online evangelism ministries in the world. And it was founded by a, a formal, a former Apple exec. And so they really, they had the technology down, they were doing it right. And long story short, uh, they had an office in Houston and that's my birth home and I have a lot of family still there. And so it was, I was going for a visit and I reached out to them and said, hey, can you know, I meet with you and show me your technology and what you're doing? And and I sat down with, uh, with them. They agreed to meet and uh, you know, brought out their laptop and opened up the uh, dashboard for communicating with seekers you know, all around the world. And um, the lady that was demoing it said, uh, do you want to talk with a seeker somewhere? And I went, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and so she, she brought up a, you know, a seeker who had communicated with them, reached out to the, to the ministry and said they were interested in Jesus. And, and she said, here, type them a note. And I said, they'll get this note. They go, yeah, we'll go, go right to them. And so when I saw that and how easy it was, that really lit the fire to um, to consider starting a company to bring together uh, all the digital tools uh, around content uh, and communication to, um, to 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 leverage both sides to, to, to use content to bring uh, to bring you know, users and visitors and listeners and and uh, you know, audience interested in in faith-based content to a platform, and then using uh, digital communication tools to deliver the gospel and to uh, engage with them. So in 2011, we we started um, Capstone Media Group, uh, and then began doing business shortly thereafter as Glorystone Podcasts, and um, and that's that's we built the platform. To, to do what I just said, to, to curate, aggregate, uh, organize on-demand content, uh, and then embed uh, digital communication uh, uh, devices to allow the, uh, our clients to communicate with the listeners uh, and viewers in, in real time as they, as they consume the audio and video on their, on their website. So we built our first version of the app uh, and started building it in 2011 and introduced it at the NRB in 2013. Uh, and, uh, and then and we had that, which really what we 
have come to call affectionately our long-running prototype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we call it App One. Uh, the nature and, of SaaS products, right? Exactly. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time, but that's the way it turned out. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, but uh, God is all knowing, and so that prototype lasted longer than than we had projected. It was about a, you know, a three, uh, almost four year project, but it really allowed us to uh, to intersect with our customers both on the on the program content side. Uh, you know, with the content that we were dis, uh, distributing, and then also with our clients who were at that time uh, churches, radio stations, and and ministries who were all interested in some form of of on demand for for ministry to learn what they want to learn what works, what doesn't work, yeah, uh, what their mission and ministry objectives are, uh, and then we put all that together. It's where we intersect with Five Q and Journey. Uh, into a uh, app two version, and we took everything that that we learned and began uh, building um, app two in 2019 uh, you know, with uh, with the five Q development team and and using Journey uh, as uh, as a personalization and communication and ad platform, which is actually integrated into the into the uh, app. So app two is a demonstration of everything that we learned from mm. app one in the first um, really almost seven years of, of that version. Yeah. So, so let me just go back to what you're talking about, um, the global media outreach, GMO. And now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually became an online missionary for them for a time, or maybe you're still doing that. I'm not sure. I am still doing that. Okay. In fact, they're getting ready to completely upgrade their their communication platform. They're rolling it out right now as we speak for their first big upgrade. Okay. Uh, you know, since um, 2008, I think is when they started. Uh, I did. I became an online missionary before I started the company. After that, after that meeting in Houston, I immediately came home, signed up, went through the yeah. training, and. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I always, you know, mother said, you either need to be a, a preacher or a lawyer. I became an expect thing, a broadcaster. <laughs> but uh, she was really happy when I came in. So was dad. I came into Christian broadcasting. But uh, but yeah, I, you know, I always thought that maybe I would you know, to, to be a Christian, you know, before my real understanding of what it meant to be a Christian always meant, you know, being a pastor or a missionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that, like you said, you know, earlier, Chad, that, you know, really all, all uh, of life is a ministry. It's not, yeah. you don't just have to work for a church or a mission, missionary organization to be in ministry. Uh, although certainly, you know, there is that, that opportunity. But when I saw how easy it was to communicate with seekers anywhere in the world using a, using a laptop and a communication uh, devices, uh, you know, I said, I'm in, I'm, you know, I can do this. And so I've been, been an online missionary since 2010 and communicating mm. with, you know, seekers in really dark places, I mean, mm. like, you know, like Pakistan and, and, uh, you know, and, and Iraq, I mean, we see yeah. seekers from anyway, because anyone with the access to a device can, can be, can be reached isn't easy, but, you know, yeah. they can be reached and, um, and so it's just been a real privilege to to be able to to communicate to people that are seeking you know, Jesus. So yeah, that preceded my 
my starting the company, but it fueled the passion. Yeah, and and if I'm not mistaken as well, GMO became one of your early testers of the Glorystone app version one, right? They were a early adopter for you. It wasn't early. I took a couple of presentations. In fact, when we did a, a, a presentation the very first time after it was built and we could could show it, you know, we were all still thinking of streaming as you know, a hundred thousand people uh, accessing a uh, video or audio uh, file at simultaneously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, were, we were thinking about it, you know, spread out, you know, in an on-demand. So yeah. we were thinking about it more in the context of simultaneous viewing and, and listening. And of course, when you run out the bandwidth cost, when that's happening, you know, it was off the charts. And so, um, so it took a while, it took a while for us to develop the, uh, our app to use on-demand technology. Mm -hmm. And it took some, you know, uh, learning uh, from our clients that, uh, that uh, you know, and the bandwidth costs were coming down simultaneously uh, mm -hmm. as well, but uh, that, you know, that it really was that on-demand uh, streaming really wasn't efficient way to deliver audio and, and video and in this case audio and video for the for the gospel so it was a few years and yeah. but but yes we've been working with them for five years now uh, we are their exclusive provider of audio and video on the flagship website they have 126 websites in nine languages hmm. but we're on the flagship uh, website and we're seeing uh, anywhere from two to four thousand seekers a week from around the world uh, ac access the audio and video, uh, and then we're we're using Journey to to communicate uh, gospel messages and resourcing uh, and discipling them using the Journey platform while they're watching the audio and video on demand, but in real time. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. That's an incredible outreach. Uh, you know. Two to three thousand a week, I think is what you said, right? That right, uh, right. people that are hearing the gospel through the through GMO and and specifically your the uh, Glorystone podcast app. So then then you shifted to you started to reference the the second version of the podcast, and uh, really it was it was at that point a little bit before that point where you and I started interacting and. Like what you said, our team had the opportunity to, to, to help build out and actually do some of the legwork leg on that. But just, just talk to us about that. Talk to us about um, your, how, you've, how you took the things that you learned in, in version one and how you re, repackaged those or took those learnings and applied them to version two. Well, right off the top, the biggest... Uh, need, if you will, from the client side was for automation. Mm. And we didn't uh, build automation into app one, meaning um, a, a method whereby the uh, content could be automatically uh, aggregated and automatically scheduled and automatically distributed. So, so in other words, in version one, let's say you had this on, on a radio station every week, they would have to schedule their, what, what podcasts they want or what audio 
programs they want to be viewed every week, they'd have to manually do that. Correct. Okay. It didn't take long to do it, but it, it was um, still a barrier. Still, yeah, <laughs> it was a barrier. And we, uh, and we heard that both from customers and non-customers uh, in, uh, you know, when we would do a, a, a client review and, you know, how's it going? Uh, that would that would come up, you know, universally. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the second thing was variety of uh, of content. So uh, we were taking content from a specific service that you know allowed us uh, a healthy and popular set of uh, set of programs. Um, but with the explosion of podcasting starting in around two thousand. Um, 14, 15, 16 in there when it really started to, to take off in the general marketplace. Um, you know, the, the interest in anything and everything, um, you know, became much, much higher uh, to, to distribute content that uh, radio stations didn't necessarily have over the year or for a church or a ministry, say, like uh, Global Media Outreach, you know, having access to you know, a, an array, an unlimited array potentially of content. And our uh, app one just didn't allow us to, to do that. And so that's where the intersection of podcasting technology or RSS-based uh, feed technologies um, intersected with our uh, building app two. And, uh, and actually, during, it was a client who um, who suggested to me to consider uh, integrating RSS feed technology into uh, the app, and uh, and so we did that. And so with the launch of uh, of App Two at NRB 2020, we got in just under the COVID curve um, in uh, in Nashville. We introduced. Uh, the app, which allows now a, a client, a, a radio station client, church, or our ministry to literally um, aggregate, curate, and distribute any audio file uh, generated by RSS feed in the world. So if you, if you think of, uh, I saw a figure you know, the other day, 2.2 million podcasts uh you know out uh presently and uh, so if it's if it and, and as far as i know they're all generated by rss feeds uh you know with with few exceptions and so uh, uh our clients now have access to literally that entire world of of podcasts to distribute uh on their on their website delivered apps uh, and that's a key distinction of, of our product and other, other products. You know, our app embeds literally into the, into the website uh, itself uh, and then is, is managed with our, you know, with our back-end, back-end platform. And then, I'll, and then we also added, uh, once, we, once we went down the RSS feed uh, route, um, we learned that YouTube uh, content channels and playlists can be turned into podcast feeds mm-hmm. and so we integrated that technology into into our new app and so now you can a, a client can add uh, any youtube channel or playlist 
uh, as a as a uh, podcast feed. So virtually all video and and audio of of any importance in the in the faith based world can be distributed by our clients. So so let's just put that into something very practical. So most of our audience are working either a practitioner or director or executive level for ministries in the digital space, but almost everybody probably also goes to a church. And um, like what you're saying is that any church could subscribe to Glory Stone podcast. They, and if their church themselves has a podcast of like our church does of the sermons every week, they could subscribe there. Plus they could pick maybe, maybe there's a half dozen or a dozen other other uh, other programs, radio programs or podcasts that that church really has an affinity to, maybe it's John MacArthur or Focus on the Family or something like that, they could actually set up an on-demand player on their church website that would allow their church members to be able to, to say, hey, here's kind of an approved list of, of, uh, um, of podcasters, including your own pastors, that uh, that they can go and be refreshed with throughout the week is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, I get, it sound like an ad. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, when you think of 2.2 million podcasts, Chad, you know, how do you navigate through that? I mean, we want to be the captain of our own, you know, audio and video consumption, right? And on demand gives us that. But when you think of that many podcasts out there, there's a lot of garbage out there, and the fact mm-hmm. there's things that are dangerous. Uh, and one of the, the uh, value propositions of a, of a Christian enterprise, be it a radio station, church, or ministry, is the ability to uh, be a trusted guide or a curator mm-hmm. um, you know, through that you know, wild woolly west mm-hmm. and to uh, curate content uh, that is trusted um, and that has you know, been put through a you know, grid of, you know, value-based considerations around, you know, what that church ministry or, or radio station, you know, believes and values. And it's not that they're being the police uh, for their, you know, the podcast police for their uh, audience. Uh, it's that they're doing the work for them mm-hmm. uh, and going out and, and finding, you know, and they're not just offering one or two, they're offering hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of podcasts to their you know, to their uh, listeners and, and viewers. So yeah, it's a, you know, for the, for a church is the ability to curate content, uh, discipleship content, mm-hmm. um, you know, family oriented content, marriage around a specific category or a theme, which our app gives you the ability to do, to organize uh, into, into collections of content by an unlimited array of categories and, and themes uh, that would benefit the spiritual growth, uh, encouragement, you know, of their community. In fact, I'm working with a <clears throat> church right now in Seattle, who uh, is looking at it, looking at uh, our platform in in two lights. One on their church website in the way we've just mm. been discussing, as a as an encouragement uh, and a resource and a a, a trusted. Um, information center you know, for their church members and attenders. But they're also, uh, the pastor told me just last week that uh, Seattle is this, has the second largest 
deter, say this right, de-churched uh, audience in the, you know, our, our population in the, in the U.S. Hmm. And so the church has taken it on as a mission plank to uh, communicate and, and, and reach out to, to that population. So the pastor has launched a, an outreach website. With, that's completely separate from the church, has its mm. own um, URL, has a link back to the church. But mm-hmm. other than that, on the website, you wouldn't know that it's connected to the church at all. And it's distinctly uh, designed to communicate to, uh, to non-believers. Yeah. And so they want to use the app uh, to uh, curate, aggregate, distribute content mm-hmm. for that audience. That's that's faith based in nature, but it but it may be it, you know to move them through the yeah. cycles of spiritual growth from non belief to you know to to belief and have you yeah. know collections of content that would enable them to do that. No, that no, that's uh, that's great, and I know we've been talking about how churches use the app, but a lot you have some like fifty or more radio stations that are using the app as well. And, and really what you're doing is helping Christian radio stations um, offer an offering that that would take, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for them to develop. And, and, a, and a, like what you said earlier, a SaaS or a software as a service offering that's very, very reasonable. Um, but having been in the Christian radio station side, now in the digital side, what should Christian radio stations be thinking about as it relates to staying competitive in the digital age? One of the first things I tell a a radio station program director, any member of the team or or owner or manager um, is, um, well, I ask them a question. I say, do you listen to or watch on-demand content? at all. And then of course they'll all say <laughs> they watch Netflix, you know. I mean, you know, so I said, do you listen to a podcast? You know, oh yeah, I listen to a podcast. And I said, well, so does your audience. Uh-huh. And uh and I said every program that you have on the air, if you're a, a, a teaching and talk station or even now with music, um, you know, every artist uh, has, a, has a YouTube channel and artists are now even creating podcasts. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, whether it's music or spoken word, your audience is getting on-demand content somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and that means they're not in your environment. That when they go out, if you're not offering on-demand content, uh, they're getting that content somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So really, the only, the first question you need to ask yourself is, do you just want to give that audience up and say they can go to YouTube or to Apple Podcast or Google or Stitcher or, or Spotify or wherever else? Or, or do you want a, uh, an opportunity to keep them at home? If you'd like an opportunity to keep them home, um, that's what we we provide. From there... Uh, you know, we move towards, you know, what that content is and how it's presented and the different uses of the app. The app displays on websites in a variety of, of ways. There's not just one way that you can display content. Uh, and then, you know, using Journey, then there's the opportunity to engage that, that audience while they're consuming the content, both from a, from a personalized message 
or um, you know, donor development um, uh, basis, but also from an advertising basis. We use Drenity as a um, as a as an ad platform for those clients that are interested in in selling ads. No, that's 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 really good. And so I I think what what you did there is really help. Whether it's a radio station or any ministry, kind of putting yourselves in the shoes of those that you're serving, and saying, okay, they're getting this content from there. Could they be getting it from us instead? And then, what's the most efficient and effective ways for that for that to be able to happen? And uh, you know, I I gain a lot of insight from just listening and watching how my kids are interacting in digital, whether that even on the gaming side or or the podcasts that they're listening to, because my one son does listen to podcasts quite a bit. My one daughter does too. And uh, just, just listening and seeing what apps they're using, what apps they're not using, you know, Facebook to them is old and out the window, but uh, you know, some of the others are, uh, whether it be Snapchat or some of the others are, are there and, and just learning to listen to the things that strike you and your sphere of influence and then say, okay, how does that fit to the audience that, that we're that we're reaching? Yeah, that's that's really good. So, Gordon, this has been really helpful, really insightful. I, I think I'm thinking of of there may be ministries out there that are listening to this, and they may create a podcast or create a, a video podcast of some sort. And like you said, you have the ability to put anything that has an RSS feed in your system or the, your clients do, but you also have a set of preset pre screen say, Hey, all you have to do is pick some of these to be able to, to view. Like if somebody wants to be able to choose that and get on your pre-approved list, how's the best way for them to do that? Well, on our website, we have a four podcasters um, page, mm -hmm. course on app.com and uh, click for podcasters. And it tells you how to, to uh, get a feed to us if we don't have your feed uh, in the system. Uh, we are not a um, promoter of content, if you will. In other words, we're not uh, pushing content. Uh, we distribute the content free. We're just a directory mm -hmm. and provide a, a, a directory or an archive of, of about 500 feeds to enable our clients to get started quickly, you know, literally uh, nearly every client that we have, you know, once, once they have the install information has it up and running and, you know, in a half hour mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, and working. Uh, so uh, we just wanted to make it as easy as possible, reduce as many barriers as we could to getting into the podcast network uh, uh, space. And so that's, that's why we provide the, the directory. But so we have kind of a who's who of, of what's out there. But if, mm -hmm. if uh, you know, if you produce a podcast and it's not, I like there's 2.2 million, we don't have them all. Uh, and you want to, would like our, your, your podcast to be in our directory, just, you know, follow the, the, uh, you know, the email uh, link on the four podcasters page. And we'll get that, and we add the the uh, the feed at you know at will. There's no um, you know there's no very little requirement other than it you know be. Uh, there's no charge to that. There's no there's no charge to that. No charge for. Just as another distribution outlet, just like if if you have a podcast, you know you're on Stitcher, you're on on Apple Podcast, 
here's another opportunity to be on Glory Stone podcast as well. Right. So, and, so. and 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 the uh, the clients then just they have access to that, and so you know they can they can use some, none, or or all of it. Yeah. So so that's the content side, and then if you're if you're um, looking to actually add the on-demand podcast to your website, again, what you've said is a fairly simple process. Go to the same website, I assume the same website, and that'll walk you through how to, how to do that as well. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. There's, yeah. Um, you know, how to, how to contact us, but uh, we have a, uh, uh, along with 5Q and Journey, we have a uh, sales and marketing partner uh, with uh, Eaglecom Marketing in Canada. So we're now, we, ha- we now have representatives in uh, both the uh, US and, and Canada uh, through Eaglecom. Uh, and their contact information is, is there. And we're, we can be in contact with you in minutes uh, and then walking you through what you, know, what you need. But you know, getting, the, uh, getting the app installed and up and running is the easiest part of the, is part of the process. But we have now, uh, as you say, close to 53 stations using uh, the app and we've developed a rich uh, set of best practices to to get you uh, you started. Uh, and you asked a while ago about you know the two sides, the you know the church ministry uh, radio station side, and then the program creator side. Uh, we're already starting to see innovative, creative mm. uh, opportunities come out of those relationships now, as the two sides become aware um, you know, that these opportunities for uh, promotion, distribution, and engagement—you know—are out there in ways that didn't didn't exist before. Uh, so, really, when you when you think about it, it's just an extension of things we've learned in Christian radio and Christian television, uh, in working with you know ministries and partners uh, that that can now be extended to the digital space. That was our vision and passion, and and why we why we started the company. No, that's 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 really excellent, and for yourself going for somebody who has been steeped in radio for so many years and then shifting to digital uh, i mean and, and knowing you i know you're a continual learner and and so what's one book or podcast or blog that you've have been following recently that's impacted you that you can share with our audience on the podcast side you know i i i take the position i was i was this way when i ran radio stations i you know, if I didn't listen to my own station, how could I sell it? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, market it. And so I use our technology and, you know, for devotion and for learning and, um, and just for fun. Uh, but uh, my favorite, and this is, this is a traditional radio uh, broadcaster, but they've done a great do- job in the digital world. Uh, so I listen to uh, the alternative uh, by Tony Evans, uh, you know, practically every day, you know, whenever, whenever I want. But, but I listen to, you know, Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, and focus on the on the family, and then new podcasters as well. We're working with with a client right now out of Houston called uh, Spark Media, and uh, they're introducing me to a whole, I mean, hundreds of of new of new podcasts. Uh, on a more educational side, uh, the Kerry Newhoff uh, podcast. Uh, he's a Canadian, mm-hmm. but uh, a pastor who's become a full-time podcaster, and he intersects with leaders 
uh, all around the world uh, around you know, cultural issues and, and faith-oriented issues. Uh, and uh, he's an exceptional, exceptional podcaster. I learned something from him nearly every time I, I listen to him. Uh, and then on the book side, that's easy. This is my, uh, what's that? Can you, can you see it? And then okay. the end will come. Okay. Uh, by uh, Doug Cobb. He's an elder at my church at Southeast mm. Christian uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, where we live. And uh, it's all about the completion of the Great Commission and nine other clues that Jesus is coming soon. So it's a great book. I recommend it. Uh, I'm about halfway through it. And uh, it's got me on the edge of my, of my, of my seat. And, uh, and it creates a sense of urgency. I know you feel that we've talked about that, you know, you and I. Um, as you know, as we look out across the world and the things happening in the world, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, see that you know things are changing fast, yeah. uh, and in a in a spiritual sense, and um, and so that creates an urgency for us as you know involved in the in the Christian media space and the digital space to use our our technologies to uh, which I believe are God raised. Mm -hmm. uh, to reach as many people as we can, as fast as we can. Yeah. I, I love hearing you talk about that urgency. And uh, I, I was just thinking about that this morning. You know, I just turned 50 last year and, and uh, whether, whether we go to be with the Lord when he calls us home or we go to be with the Lord with when him, him coming back, either, either way, our time is limited. And uh, you know, wh what are we doing for eternity to, uh, to, to make an impact uh, even today? So yeah, that, that urgency is, that's, that's great. sounds like a great book. Look forward to looking that up. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, thanks so much for being with us today. I think you've already mentioned your, your website, glorystoneapp.com. Is that right? Yeah, Get that it. right. So yeah. go to glorystoneapp.com. You can connect with Gordon. I really encourage you just to go there and take a look at the app, take a look at the, uh, um, uh, play around with it. He actually has an install right there. So you can see what it looks like, how easy it is to be able to listen. I mean, it feels like you're on Spotify. It just feels that, that, uh, that, that easy to be able to do it. And if you're a, if you do are a, a, a content creator and you're creating video podcasts or regular audio podcasts, and it's not listed in one of his, uh, primary ones, let, let Gordon know and, and get listed in there. There's no charge to that. And then, you know, if, if, as you see this whole trend for on-demand video and audio, um, definitely take a look and, and, and consider adding Glorystone to your uh, uh, method of outreach, that you, whether it's your church or your ministry. It's a great way to, to expand your outreach. Well, if it's okay for me to do a reverse plug, 5Q has built us a great product. Uh, we're very, very proud of it. And, uh, and of course, uh, we wouldn't have integrated the Journey platform into the app if it wasn't a, a tremendous uh, tool. So uh, kudos to, to you, Chad, and everybody on, on your side. And we, uh, we love working with you guys. Well, it's a team effort all the way around. And uh, we're grateful for, for you and your, your partnership and uh, looking forward to what God is going to continue to do in the future. Thanks so much for joining us today, Gordon. Thanks for having me, Chad.